Hi, welcome to today's episode of Epic Conversations. This podcast is a series of conversations about the issues related to parents and carers living with teenagers in crisis. I'm Madeline, one of the founding directors of Empowering Parents in Crisis, otherwise known as EPIC. And I'm Roberta. I'm a regular member of this amazing parent peer support group. EPIC understands that it's not always possible to get to a peer support meeting or a counselling session, and we want this podcast to be a source of information that parents and carers can tap into when they need it. EPIC acknowledges the traditional custodians of the land on which we record this podcast today and pays respect to Elders past and present. We extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people listening to this EPIC conversation. EPIC looks to create awareness around challenges faced by young people and how caregivers can support them. Today we're talking with Cathy Ellis, community linker from Gamble Aware. Cathy is a passionate advocate for young people, their families and school communities in relation to promoting gambling awareness, the prevalence of gambling in our community and the effects gambling has on young people and how we as caregivers can support those we love if we're concerned that gambling might be problematic. Hey Cathy, thanks for joining us today. How are you? Good, thank you. Hi Cathy, can you please explain who Gamble Aware is and what their role is in our community? Yep, so GamblerWare is a free gambling counselling service and free financial gambling counselling service, which is available to anybody impacted by problem gambling. So it doesn't have to be the gambler themselves, it could be other people, um, could be friends, could be family, could even be work colleagues. Um, so anyone that's feeling some kind of impact by somebody's gambling. Okay, okay. So, and what's your role at GamblerWare? Um, so I have the fun job at Gamblerware, um, so I'm not one of the counsellors. My job is all about community education um, engagement. So um, I do a range of different things, just either to raise awareness that the service exists so that people know that they can access it, um, or I do a lot of different activities to try and raise awareness about gambling harm and get people talking about gambling harm minimisation. And that's where we met, didn't we, with the exactly. um, yeah. yeah the parents forum. So thank you for reaching out to us. How does Gamble Aware support young people and their families? Um, so in terms of supporting young people, most of the stuff that Gamble Aware does is through the community engagement. Um, so there's a lot of discussion about stuff going into schools at the moment. Um, talking with school teachers, talking about kids, talking with kids. Um, I did something a few weeks ago where I did a workshop with very young children um, about gambling where what we actually did was um, we just looked at what could be on sports jerseys instead of gambling. <laughs> so we just looked at like what is fun um, just to try and get this idea that gambling doesn't need to be in all aspects of life. Um, in terms of support for young people, sadly Gambling counselling services are only available for people over the age of 18. Um, so whilst we can't actually counsel a child, if you are the parent or a carer of a child and you're concerned about their gambling, we can actually counsel, counsel you and work with, like, work with you on strategies to help them. Um, I think as well it's really worth remembering that with problem gambling it's usually intergenerational as well. Um, it's very, very common, so there might be somebody else within the family and not necessarily the young person you were thinking about that requires the counselling. Okay. 
just out of curiosity, what did they come up with, the, the young people, instead of gambling on their um, Yeah, so I did a, I did a workshop um, where I'd kind of been told that the kids were going to be uh, around about 12 to 20, and when I got there, they were 5 to 16. Um, so very, very different age group. So with the sort of like five to seven year olds, that's the topic we gave them. Um, and they just came up with like, these are all the fun things I like to do. So they drew like rainbows and playgrounds and just all nice things. Um, and rather than concentrating on gambling. Yeah, very good messages. Yeah. There are some startling statistics relating to what age children start gambling. How common is youth gambling and what do we know about what age children start? Um, yeah, there is some very shocking statistics about this. Um, generally, when I say this particular statistic, um, kind of makes a room go, <gasps> which is that the average age that a young person first gambles in Australia is 11.6 years old. Um, obviously, very, very young. Um, and quite often when I say that, people are a bit like, how is that possible? Um, because obviously it's not legal to gamble till you're 18. Um, but generally the first time a young person gambles, it's with an adult. So it is usually their parent or sometimes their grandparents um, or an older sibling, are generally the people that they might be gambling with. Um, so that gambling could be something where they have been given money um, by an adult and that adult has helped them put a bet on. Um, and again, when you're sort of listening to me saying that, you're thinking that sounds a bit crazy, but have a think about things like, have you ever asked a child to pick the numbers for the lottery? Have you ever asked a child, uh, what horses do you think I should put a bet on the Melbourne Cup? Um, have you ever said to a, a child, oh yeah, you can, um, which team do you think is gonna win the grand final? All of those things are talking about gambling um, and it is becoming more and more common um, for parents and carers to let young people use things like their sports bet accounts on their phones on their behalf so becoming very very common um so yes very very young that people tend to start in australia um i've also heard some really shocking stories they're kind of shocking to me because i'm an immigrant so um i heard a lot of this and gone oh my god this is really crazy but when i've shared them with um other people they've gone oh yeah yeah that happened to me which is things like um in school when it's melbourne cup in primary schools kids are encouraged to take part in sweepstakes um somebody was telling me about this happening quite recently in their kids school and they complained to the principal and they pretty much got laughed at for bringing it up <laughs> um, and told that's just a normal thing we do in australia yeah, it is actually very entrenched. The Melbourne Cup is probably the the, the main thing that I would say. Mm -hmm. Growing up as a child, parents would buy their children tickets in the sweepstake at work just for fun, like it was yeah. never considered anything other than that. I understand that. Yeah, and so that's where most young people start with gambling. Um, and in terms of like how prevalent youth gambling is, it's way, way more common than you think it is. Um, so I know a lot of parents might kind of tune into this and think, oh, that's not really a concern with my kids. Um, but actually your kids are exposed to gambling all the time within our culture. Um, so there was a, a study uh, back in 2020 on New South, uh, the New South Wales Youth Gambling Study. And of the young people interviewed during that, one third of them said that they were gambling. So wow. that's quite a lot. Um, 
And I know personally when I've had conversations with kids, um, one of the things that really has surprised me, and I know quite a lot about gambling, um, is how many kids gamble in school on school time. Um, so what you were, were saying earlier, saying like we sort of did these things for fun when I was young, but now kids have got mobile phones on them all the time. So if you have got access to a phone, you've got access to 24-7 gambling. Wow. So they could create their own gambling circle. So not necessarily attracted to. Yeah. That makes sense now. Now I understand. Yeah. Um, what do you think are some of the contributing factors that engage young people with gambling? Um, there are so, so many. <laughs> um, so... I'm not going to put these in any particular order um, because different young people are interested in different things so they'll get exposure through different avenues um, so let's just take the mobile phone is the first one um, so there are a lot of like free games on mobile phones that have got gambling elements in them um, so like the most common thing is something that's got uh, what we call a loot box with which is something you might win or you can pay money for um, and you are hoping that when you open it, you win something that's good for you in the game. Um, that's quite common in free games. Um, there are a lot of those free games that look kind of like poker machines when you play them um, and little casino things as well. Because they're, they're free, people often think they're harmless, but a lot of it's training the brain um, about gambling. And also a lot of those things, if you want to progress, um, they will give you the option of paying more money to progress as well. They encourage so, you to stay on there as well, don't they? Come back as much do. as possible because then Keep coming this back. is what we got. Yeah. Yes. So, and yeah, that's very easily accessible. It's free. It's on a phone. Um, then you've got similar stuff in video games. Um, so again, loot boxes are really common in video games. Um, the other thing that's really common is uh, something called skins. And skins are like a, a graphic that you can win um, or purchase it within a game to kind of make characters better. So it could be something like a, a weapon or an outfit or something like that. Um, and again, that can be perfectly innocent within a video game. Or you are able to take those things from some games to external websites and you're able to trade them. So you can actually use those to play on online casinos. Um, and you can also use them to bet on esports as well. Um, and a lot of those, uh, I won't go hugely into this, but a lot of those things um, are not regulated because they're not based within Australia as well. Um, so plenty of stories of people losing money through that that they can't access. And so you've got all of that stuff in video games. Um, then if you haven't got a kid that is into to gaming in any form, You've got social media. Um, so there are some laws around um, things like whether celebrities are allowed to promote gambling things. Um, so there's a bit of controversy a while back about Kim Kardashian um, promoting Bitcoin and not saying that she was being um, paid to, to promote it. And there's a big debate about whether Bitcoin is gambling or not. Um, but I'm not going to go in, not going to go into that one. Um, but if you're not a young person, you're probably not even aware that there are all these influences in gambling online as well. Um, so there are actually people who are paid to gamble online um, and people actually watch that. And for a lot of young people, they don't necessarily make the connection that those people are not gambling their own money. 
they're being paid to lose thousands or win thousands um, and make it look appealing. So often young people kind of don't make that connection. Um, so there's some crazy ones um, of like influencers that open um, like live loot boxes that are like life-size. Um, it's a very common one um, with influencers. And then things like esports, um, betting on esports is really, really common. So again, there are influencers who bet on esports and you can watch all of that as well. Um, so you've got all of that. If you go away from social media, um, you've got regular TV advertising or radio advertising. Um, so there has been a study um, Wesley Mission tracking how much broadcast um, gambling advertising there is, and that is 13,000 adverts per week. Goodness. I know. <laughs> um, yeah, 13,000 a week is insane, and we're, I'm pretty sure they're just looking at broadcast media and not other stuff that young people would be seeing. Um, so if you watch any terrestrial TV, you are going to see a gambling ad. Um, so there are laws around when gambling adverts can be shown, um, but they're kind of complicated and patchy. So they all relate to you can't show gambling adverts um, at a time slot that is aimed at children um, or a pro during a program that's aimed at children. But there are plenty of things that a young person might watch that are not targeted at them that there's no rules around. So say for example um at five o'clock you watch the chase young person might watch that um there's no laws around whether or not there can be a gambling advert in that time slot on that program so very common um so we've got that one as well um and then i think the other two things that really really need to be considered are peer pressure um and parental influence so one of the things that really, really concerns me personally in terms of um, TV advertising about um, gambling is if you look at a lot of the adverts um, for things like online sports betting, they are targeted at young men in that kind of 18 to 25 year old age bracket. And a lot of them are things like them standing around in the pub looking at their phone or betting together. And so it's kind of normalizing this idea that to be part of the group when you're a young man, this is how you socialize, this is how you're part of the team, this is norm, um, like this is normalization. Um, and I do think with men, like with boys, that kind of age group, they do succumb to peer pressure easier. So if their mates are doing it and they're seeing it normalized on TV, um, there's a quite high up chance that they're gonna do it as well, um, just because they wanna be part of the group. Um, and then, a final factor in terms of where people are actually seeing gambling comes back to something I was talking about before, which comes down to parental influence, um, which in some ways is one of the biggest factors about whether young people gamble or not. So the attitude of their parents or carers um, has a massive, massive influence on whether young people actually gamble or not. Um, so kind of the contributing factors to um, a young person developing a gambling problem. If they've grown up in a household where there is come some kind of trauma or they just haven't been taught really good coping skills to deal with issues and they've got a parent or a carer um, 
who uses gambling themselves in some way, either as coping strategy or escapism, anything like that. Um, and they have seen advertising that basically, um, I could say like promotes gambling and in a positive light, that is your recipe for becoming a problem gambler. Yeah, okay. There's a lot. That's a huge so, amount of information. There's <laughs> a lot of information. I did jot it down. So you're, the games on your phone, gaming on, on your computer, social media, TV, peer pressure, parental. It's, it is a lot. It's, it's, it's a lot. no wonder that there's so much gambling going on. Okay. So what do you think parents and carers? Oh, and I was going to say in, in that I've even forgotten just basic watching sport. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. As so, you said, the, on, the, on the jersey, you could be in, yeah, physically out at, at a match and you, you're going to be exposed to it. Yeah. So I think... Um, it's kind of sad that the current generation of young people are basically the first generation that don't know that sport and betting don't go hand in hand. Yes. Yes. Sport and a number of things actually, but yes, sport and betting. Yeah. 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 Okay. So what can parents and carers do if they're concerned <laughs> about their young person gambling? Okay, so um, we've probably got a, a few people listening that weren't concerned before, but now we've suddenly got concerned. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, so the the first thing that you can actually do, um, I would say, is you really need to have this conversation before you think that young person has got a problem. So um, you really need to find out what they think about gambling um, and sort of find um, with this, people sort of, when they ask us what can parents or carers do, they always kind of want us to give some like immediate solution to stop the gambling. Um, but actually it's all about connecting with that young person and getting into a situation where they feel they can talk to you about stuff. So if, for example, you have a child who is really into gaming, you need to get really into gaming as, the, um, as their carer, basically. Um, so you need to sit down, you need to play those games with them, and you need to work out, is there a gambling element in this? And there might be, and that young person might not have noticed, um, but sitting there and playing it, getting interested in what they're doing, you can start up a conversation about it. Um, same thing if you've got a kid that is really um, into sports, sit down and watch a match with them, um, you will be bombarded during that match with information about gambling. Use it as an opportunity to speak to them about it. So whatever you think they're doing, if they're playing games on their phone, find out what game they're playing, play it with them, whatever it is. Um, because really, if they see that you're interested in what they're doing, they're more likely to open up to you. Um, if you are at that point already where you're kind of going, I know that my child has got a problem. Um, one of my favorite pieces of advice from one of our counselors is um, have conversations with teenagers when they're in the car. Um, because you both get to look forward, you don't have to look at each other, it's not confrontational, um, and it's a much more safe space to have a conversation. Um, if you are going to have a conversation about gambling, though, it is really, really important that you are not confrontational and you're not judgmental about it. Um, people do get very secretive around gambling, do get very, very moody, and they do get very irritable. Um, and just also bear in mind, uh, we have this message um, in a lot of our advertising around gambling, which is gamble responsibly. Um, 
which has kind of taught a lot of people, oh, I, everybody else is fine with this, so I can't admit that I've got a problem. Um, so you kind of need to be very, very gentle in how you approach it. Um, but uh, I think the, the biggest thing is just find an opportunity where you can talk to them about it. Um, you know, pick your timing, listen to what they actually say. Um, and I think as well with some kids, you might be surprised what they say about gambling. Um, and they might say things like that they are being um, peer pressured into gambling, um, might not be something they want to do. They might be annoyed by all the TV adverts about it as well. So mm -hmm. pick your pick your moment um, and be gentle and just listen. Um, but when it comes to, um, like, I guess when it comes to any kind of um, addiction behavior as well, your what your role modeling is really really important as well yeah yeah good advice and say a young person has a friend and they see that they they suspect that they have a gambling problem is there ways that we can suggest if our young person comes home and says hey x i think has a problem with gambling can we suggest ways that a young person can help another young person Yep. Um, so I think this is a great question um, because somebody's friends might notice that they're gambling way before their parents or carers might notice it because um, they're going to have more daily interaction. Um, and I've certainly like heard kids joking about how their friends got a gambling problem and, and stuff like that. So it, it's not uncommon. Um, but the good thing about young people today, though, is that they have been brought up with this idea that you can speak about mental health. Um, which is, you know, sort of big change from like even 10, 15 years ago that it, it's okay to be asking, are you okay? So when it gets to the kind of level of addiction, um, you need to think of it as a mental health concern. So again, it comes down to picking the right moment. Um, so it's not a good idea to speak to somebody whilst they are actually gambling or while they're around other friends where they'll feel judged or anything like that. Um, but if they're seeing other behaviors, so if they're seeing that person's having mood swings or getting depressed or anything like that, they can take them aside and just be like, hey, I'm a bit worried about you at the moment, you seem down, and have a conversation that more focuses on mental health. Um, I have noticed as well with conversations I've had with teenagers, um, often they've said something like they've noticed um, gambling that they've been doing. So. Um, for example, I, had, I spoke to a, a young man um, a few weeks ago, he's 15, and he told me that he had previously had a gambling problem. Um, he was spending $5 a week buying loot boxes in um, games online. Um, and he said he was just frequently doing this, didn't think anything of it, didn't think it was much money. Um, and then one day he woke up to himself and just went, oh my God, I'm actually gambling. I didn't realize that I was gambling and um, just stopped. And then he said, oh, but I've noticed that my friends are doing the same thing. Um, but because he'd already had the experience of being able to stop it, he was able to say, oh, yeah, I, I was doing that too. And I kind of you know, realized it's not great. Um, and sort of show that he'd been able to get out of that cycle as well. So again, I guess it comes down to like other positive role models as well. So yeah. oh, that's a good example. Yeah. Thank you. Um, so when a young person turns 18, a whole new world of online and in-person gambling opens up to them. And this can be quite a shock for parents and carers who are unaware of the plethora of gambling options that are out there. 
Can you suggest strategies for parents and carers to support their young person to gamble responsibly or not at all, or just to be aware of, of what yep. happens at the 18th birthday? Yep. Um, I'm going to say something quite controversial here, which is it's not new. They've already been there doing it. Um, so we kind of have the, this idea that, um, that the minute somebody turns 18, all of this stuff becomes available. It was already there. It was already available. Um, it's just it's become legal at this point. Um, so yeah, they they might get things like more targeting adverts and stuff because they're they're suddenly eighteen. Um, but sadly, chances are they've already been exposed way way before their eighteenth birthday. Um, so best strategy is actually speaking to kids when they're quite young. Um, and talking about all of these things that we've normalized in, in terms of gambling way, way before they hit their 18th birthdays, um, which I, I think sort of kind of surprises people, but gambling happens all the time with young people. It is exactly the same as um, alcohol, where we're sort of saying, oh, you know, it's not legal to drink until you're 18, so I kind of don't need to worry about it until then. But young people will experiment um, and you know, if a young person is going to be experimenting with drugs or alcohol, chances are they're going to experiment with gambling as well. Um, so, unfortunately, yeah. Good already, advice. already there. Um, so we need to get in there early. Um, there are all sorts of different things like um, gambling ad blockers and blockers for video games and stuff like that um, that do exist. But I would not encourage a parent to use those things um, unless they have a very open communication with their young person and that young person has initiated that they want that. Um, because the moment you as an adult tell a child not to do something, it becomes very, very appealing. Um, also, I can guarantee that that young person is 100% more tech savvy than you and they will work out a way to get around it anyway. Um, so not the, the best stuff. Um, so again, it just goes back to that having open communication. So I would probably say um, if you've got young people who are kind of on that like 17 turning 18 cusp, it's probably a good time to, if you haven't already had all of these conversations, sit down and go through all of the stuff that is going to suddenly be in their faces and see how they're actually going to deal with it. Um, because we, we do have these kind of ideas in our society like um, when you turn 18, the thing to do is go and play a poker machine. Yeah. Um, which seems absolutely crazy to me, to be honest, but that is something that people think is fun at 18. Um, so have, have a conversation with them about all the other things that they could be doing as a young person. Um, so yeah, it just comes down to open communication, um, making sure that they, they know that this stuff is going to happen. So I guess the same way that as a parent or carer, you would speak to them um, about drugs or alcohol or safe sex, any of those kind of things. Just unfortunately, you need to add gambling into those, those conversations as well. Yeah, yeah. And and arm yourself with the information as well, yes. I suppose. Yes. What you're, um, do a little bit of research before you open the conversation. Yes. Um, okay. And so gambling has devastating effects on anyone, including financial and legal and emotional and physical. What do you see is the most common concerning aspect of gambling on young people? 
Um, I had to have a really, really good think about this. Um, so everything else is like, oh yeah, there's, there's so much information. And this question, I kind of went, oh, which, which one of these things is worse? I'm really not sure. Um, because at any age, there can be really devastating effects. So um, worst case scenarios, um, you know, uh, you can have a young person losing huge amounts of money. You can um, find them getting into criminal activities, absolute worst case scenario. Um, all sorts of emotional problems, depression, all those kind of things. Um, and suicide is a really common factor in, in gambling as well. Um, and I was thinking, oh, which one of those things is really worse? And then I kind of thought, actually, the thing that's worse is not necessarily all those things, but with a young person, um, if they go from gambling into what we call problem gambling, um, so problem gambling is basically when you you pretty much don't know when to stop, is what I would, would say when, when problem gambling starts. Um, so you're kind of chasing this high all of the time um, and you start believing that you're just going to win big and all those kind of things. So you're losing time or money. Um, if that is happening to a young person, there are plenty of situations in which they can get really into this cycle of addiction and it can last for years and years and years. Um, so we do know that sort of the biggest gamblers are young men, like in that 18, 25 year olds, we know that they gamble a lot. Um, but we don't generally see people until they're in their 30s. Right? So it can be a long time until somebody actually seeks out help. Um, so if they've fallen into that cycle and say um, somebody is like 21 when they develop a gambling problem, but they don't seek help until they're 31, they've lost their youth. Um, and that is something you cannot get back whatsoever. So um, I sort of was thinking like I, I've sort of heard all sorts of like different stories of young people who've kind of said when they woke up to themselves, they kind of realized they missed out on doing so many things as a young person because they were just addicted to gambling. That's very powerful. That really for me comes back to the, if you can see someone's got an issue, the are you okay message is just... Yeah the thing the main thing yeah yeah okay thank you well over to you is there anything that i've missed or some wisdom that you can offer our listeners relating to gambling with young people um yeah so i think one of the best messages that we can probably take away from this because we've sort of been talking about the the worst end of this um is that the good news with young people is a lot of young people manage to get themselves out of the gambling cycle um, so particularly with particularly with young men um, a lot of the reason that they get into gambling um, is just because they're at that kind of risk-taking stage and there's a lot of testosterone and um, combination of peer pressure and all of those different things and as they mature um, sometimes they kind of like i was saying about that 15 year old the other day sometimes they just kind of wake up to themselves um, and they kind of grow up a bit and realize that maybe that's not a great thing to be doing. Um, and also we do see that if young people um, have a lot of support, like good support systems around them as well, that really, really helps. So, um, so just because a young person is gambling doesn't mean that they're gonna get a full on gambling addiction. Um, Cause I think we've said enough things to scare parents and carers during this. Um, 
So if you're open to having conversations with them, you you know you see them maturing, their friends are supportive, they've got other interests in their life, there's a good chance that they will get out of that gambling cycle. Oh, thank you for saying something so positive. Yeah. It's a really good spot to, um, to finish on. So I urge, I've been looking at the Gamble Aware website and there is just so much information on it. I urge everyone to visit the Gamble Aware website where you can find out there's information for parents and carers, for families. How can people get in touch with Gamble Aware? Um, yeah, good question. Um, so they can go via the website, um, which has a heap of resources, like you said. Um, it does also have a lot of self-help uh, self resources if people aren't ready to speak to somebody. Um, so they can go through there or they can call um, Gamble Aware Helpline, which is 1-800-858-858. Um, so although I work for Gamble Aware in the Sydney Northern Region, there is a Gamble Aware counselling service in every section of New South Wales. Um, so if you call that helpline, they will put you in touch um, with the service in your area. Wonderful. Wonderful. Kathy, thank you so much for your time today. And thank you. I'm so glad that I've met you and, and, yeah, and just hearing you talk about it and creating awareness and your passion for it. Thank you. Thank you. Very much. No, thank, thank you for having me. Thanks for listening. A transcript of this conversation can be found on the EPIC website at www.empoweringparentsincrisis.com. If you have any questions or suggestions, we would love to hear from you. You can contact us via the links on the website or Facebook, Instagram or LinkedIn. Thank you to West Fund Health Insurance for funding this podcast series. Mm -hmm.